Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Obey Your Strengths with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and self-proclaimed strengths geek, Kathy Kirsten. Hi, Strengths fans. Welcome back to another episode of Obey Your Strengths with Kathy Kirsten. I am thrilled to introduce you today to Carrie Kimball, the CEO of First Tee of Greater San Antonio. Carrie, good to see you. You too, Kathy. Oh my goodness. It's so fun to to catch up with you today. You've had a very busy summer. I follow you on Facebook and I saw that you got to play golf in some really amazing places this summer. I did. There are some perks of my job, yes, and it it pays to know people. I will say that. that. Well, that's amazing. Well, I'm sure that there's a lot of my listeners who will be jealous of the uh, of the job that you get to have, Carrie. So, tell us what you do as the CEO of Greater, excuse me, First Tee of Greater San Antonio. Thank you, Kathy. Yes, I am privileged and honored to be running First Tee Greater San Antonio. We build character, confidence, and resiliency in the youth of the community. And we do that through the great game of golf. Golf is a lifelong sport, and there's a lot of values inherent in the game that just translate to life. And so, you know, we have we serve kids ages 5 to 18 here in San Antonio and surrounding communities. And we did open our program in Uvalde um, this past spring. So excited to expand to to that community and bring golf and and some joy to that community. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, you know, a life skills program that we take kids through and, you know, just provide opportunities for them to give back in the community and reach other other kids and network and be good society contributors to society. Oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned how you are rallying in Uvalde. So many organizations are in bringing resources uh, to the Uvalde community. Thank you. On behalf of all Texans, thank you for doing that. Carrie, yes, that's I mean, awesome. We, thank you. We love it. Um, we had 40 kids in our first program in the spring, and we just opened fall programming today. So looking to expand it. We've got some great volunteers out there that have taken the bull by the horns because they don't have a golf program for kids out there. So we're excited to kind of be the first one. Oh, how cool. Well, well, Carrie, you and I have a history together before working together at First Tee. And uh, let's talk about that. We cross paths or maybe just miss each other at Rackspace Hosting. And that's part of your strength story. So tell me about how you discovered your strengths for the first time. Yes. So my career started in golf. Uh, go figure. That's why I'm in this job today um, for about 15 years in various roles and moved here to San Antonio and through some friends was given an opportunity. I'm not sure how to start my career at Rackspace and technology. And I mean, I knew what a computer was, but I had no idea what a server was and really grateful for the opportunity that I received at Rackspace. But in your first week at Rackspace and Rookie O, um, well, before that, you take a finder assessment. Right. No idea what that was coming into Rackspace. 
and they spit out these, you know, top five and we discuss it and we get it in our rookie O and everyone's wearing it on their badge and just the values that Rackspace lived by were just so amazing. And so I remember Graham Weston, who was the acting CEO at the time when I joined in 2014, um, was telling a story about how important StrengthsFinder has been in his career and in his success. And so he was talking about input, that he's not organized, but he had hired an organizer to come to his office every day and tell him to put the pen here and the paper here and file here. And he said, you know, after, you know, eight months, like she left and everything like went back to being unorganized. And so he said, you know, I found strengths finder and realized what my top five strengths are. And there's things that I'm not going to be good at. And I just have to accept that and not ignore it or not try to do it, but know that that's not the strength, but that these top five are the things that, that make me who I am and, and why I'm here today and why I've been so successful. Um, and so it was almost like a light bulb went off for me because as someone who'd worked in the golf business but has a very strong work ethic, always willing to learn new things. But I had knew nothing of technology. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing. I was, I, I just had this, this feeling that they're not going to set me up to fail. You know, I mean, they're not going to set me up to, they're going to put me where I'm supposed to be because they live by this, this, the core strength, the values of Rackspace one, and then this strengths finder. So that's, that's my story on um, how I got introduced to strengths finder and, and really the confidence it gave me coming into this completely new unknown arena to be like, I've got this. It's not a problem. Oh, I love that. And that's, that's a common sentiment among many employees at Rackspace is that they are going to get an opportunity to play to their strengths. They're going to get an opportunity to be in a position that helps them either discover what is great about them or leverage the things they already know about each themselves and their strengths that they're bringing to bear every day at work. It's part of the social contract at Rackspace. I think we all felt it of that, you know, you have uniqueness and we're going to leverage your uniqueness and put you with other unique people that you can partner with. You don't have to be great at everything. Stick to your strengths and partner around the other stuff. Well, thanks so much. Then you made the transition from the sales department at Rackspace. And that's how you and I met. Because now that I'm thinking about it, you said 2014. I had mm-hmm. left the organization in 2012. So we just missed each other. But I met you through Racker acquaintances, I guess, when you took over the CEO position at, at First Tee. So tell me, what led you to come back to golf? Well, um, I was traveling a lot at a, at a role between Rackspace and, and First Tee, and my boys were young. And, you know, I, I love, it was a, a company just like Rackspace, good culture, you know, wasn't based here. I was traveling a lot. And I received a text from a board member um, saying, you know, the job's available to run First Tee, and we think you'd be great for it. And I literally sat down on my bed looking at my never unpacked suitcase and just said, that's my job. And I think the reason and the hair on my arm stood up and I got goosebumps and I didn't know any of the details, but I said, this is my job because, and, and the reason I felt confident, I've never been a leader before of an organization, but I had amazing leaders at Rackspace that guided me and, and led by example that gave me the confidence to, to do it. And they're still my mentors today, Pravesh Mystery, Ken Scott, Liz Simmons, Ryan Vella Murphy. I mean, 
so many people um, to, to thank. And they're still my mentors today. I can call them up tomorrow and, and ask advice. So, um, you know, this is my passion. I've been golfing my entire life. And so the opportunity to come and build, continue to build an organization to make changes um, was something that I've always had, I think, in my in my bones, but just didn't know how that was going to happen. And when this came up, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to help kids in the community hopefully enjoy a game that has given me so much in my life. Oh, I love that. I love that you're chasing your passions. Let's talk about your top five. Okay. So tell me your top five and tell me just the carry version, not the Gallup version necessarily, but the carry version of each one, just a snippet of okay. each one of your top five. So number one is woo. <laughs> <laughs> Winning um, others over. <laughs> others over, obviously very crucial for my role today, which primarily is focused on fundraising. So I just really love, I've always loved connecting with people. I mean, I get that from my parents. You know, you, you, I've, I've been in Scotland before and started a conversation. Lo and behold, we know somebody, you know what I mean? Wow. Together. So like always just trying to, to find connection with others, um, just really fills my bucket. Um, ideation. Oh my gosh. My team, like they, they, this drives them crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, I always love thinking about like other things, like how can we do things better? Um, you know, the brain's always going about like new things that we can do to try to improve either our programming or steward our donors or come up with new events or, you know, opportunities for the kids. Like there's just always like this thing is always, it's hard to turn it off. Mm -hmm. um, positivity. I mean, I just, it's just inherent in, in who I am <laughs> as a person. There's really no other way. Um, adaptability. I think this one's interesting, especially since I've taken on a leadership role. Um, no day is how you plan it. Um, unless I worked from home and, and didn't have anyone bothering me. So I think that as things come up, um, being able to adapt and not, not focus on like it, maybe it's not going the way you were like set out for today or whatever, just being able to adjust. I mean, during COVID, I started right before COVID. And so we had to, to quickly adjust to like, what, what did our programming look like after, like once we closed down for time. So I think just being calm, evaluating what's going on and then making adjustments based on that and not trying to get too high or too low based on whatever's coming my way. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then achiever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I love working hard. I love growing. Um, I love learning new things all the time to, to try to achieve, you know, bigger and better things always. So those are my, I can five. see I can see all five in you. I've gotten to support your, you and your team for the last two or three years. I can see all of those at play. You mentioned taking the Strengths Finder before at Rackspace where responsibility and belief also showed up in your top five at one point. I can sort of hear those strengths in your transition story coming back to golf, okay, passion, but also just the desire to lead the that this organization, this nonprofit was in need and you filled the need. You took responsibility. You took ownership. You said, this is the job for me. It's mission driven, right? Nonprofit. That's belief. I'm hearing a lot more things. Okay. So we're going to unpack some of those as we go along. Okay. Uh, but tell me, why did you decide to introduce uh, Strengths Finder to your team at First Tee of Greater San Antonio? 
you know, coming from a corporate environment where we're surrounded by people who have career goals, who are who are trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, one thing at Rackspace besides like just learning what my strengths were, the second favorite thing that we did with that was team strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, we were I, when I started out, I was SOS, I was supporting enterprise reps, and our team just worked so differently. And what it did was it brought us together and understanding if someone's analytical, they're going to work a little bit slower. And they're maybe going to be a little bit more diligent, but like, you know, like just kind of bringing the team together. So when I came here, you know, I just feel like sometimes people don't give nonprofits enough credit that they are a business and their people want to grow just as much as everybody else. And, and, you know, I've, I've been able to get into the community and I think a lot of people are kind of integrating some of these different, you know, whether it's StrengthsFinder or Myers-Briggs or whatever, but, um, my, my heart's with, with StrengthsFinder, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have young people working for me. They've never had anything like this. And like, if I can provide them these professional development and, and just learnings of themselves, both personally and professionally, like it, it did for me, I just feel like it sets everybody up for a better, better success, whether you stay at first tee two, three, four years, or you're staying here for 20. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make sure that like, well, we're not a corporation that I'm still bringing those opportunities to the team. And my board is hundred percent behind me with that. But then I also think that we are so small. And so we work very closely together and, you know, we've done a couple of team strengths finder sessions with you as, as teams have changed and evolved. And I just think it's super crucial with such a small team that we're constantly communicating, you know, what makes us tick? What doesn't make us tick? We've had some difficult conversations in those those sessions, um, but ultimately, on the end, it brings out like a beautiful culture that I want to create here while people are here, you know, working as a non in a nonprofit. Yes, I can tell you the the um, of of evolution that I noticed getting to come and work with your team the first time, coming back a second time. I could see where first they were might might have been skeptical. <laughs> what you were bringing. (laughs) What are we doing? We're going to sit for three hours and talk with this chick, Kathy Kirsten, about our strengths. I'm not sure if these words describe me. I don't see these things in myself. The The second time I came back, they were you know, ribbing each other about their strengths. They were saying, remember, remember that I am a developer or remember my positivity or remember, you know, like they were catching, they were describing themselves with their strengths. They were catching themselves, using it, catching each other. I see these strengths in you. So it's been really, I mean, you really are embedding it, aren't you, Carrie? Yes. And, and, you know, they talk about it too, still today, which is why it's so great. Um, and again, we're such a small team, you know, we get moody, we get, you know, stressed <laughs> out at times, um, you know, but, and then it's it hel- it's helpful for me and, and my COO to understand like whose strengths are, are strong and like again same, even though it's a smaller scale putting them in positions to succeed you know one of our our uh, employees is really strong communicator and she's really good at it she knew nothing of golf coming to this job and now she's like absolutely grown and so how can we utilize MJ mm-hmm. as a communicator because she's very very good and so um, I I just love bringing these these awakenings and awareness to people, like you said, I mean, at first there was a couple that were just very, you know, sitting there with their hands back and not excited. And I think, you know, Kathy did it. You did a great job. Um, you know, my woo, my woo felt their hesitancy and I was like, Oh, I'm going to make them fans. I'm going (laughs) to, 
<laughs> I'm not gonna let them sit back cross armed and like, what is this chick talking about? I'm gonna I'm gonna woo those people. So I worked on it, Carrie. <laughs> Zero in. Well, let's talk about, you know, you just mentioned COO. When you joined the organization, you know, you're getting the lay of the land as the leader. And then when did you start to notice, okay, I need some key partners in different, perhaps different setup, you know, hiring a COO. Tell me a little bit about that story because partnership is about strengths. And and what does your COO bring? And it's okay if you don't remember his or her strengths. Okay. All right. Well, perhaps maybe share some, you know, anecdotes. We say we joke, but, um, you know, and this is where I'll bring in responsibility, right? I come into this new organization, you know, I'm trying to look at programming. I'm trying to look at operations. We had HR, we had finance and you, I can't do it all. Right. But I wanted to, because of my strength, I, I couldn't let anything drop. So I had a hard time, you know, as a, as going from individual contributor to now a leader and, and trusting the people that were in place to do the job that they were slated to do. And sometimes they weren't doing the job. So we mm-hmm. made some changes. We outsourced our HR. We outsourced our finances because I feel in today's day and age, those we don't need a full-time person here doing that. I want people that are mission-focused here in the office, not paper pushers in HR. And HR is so complicated today. We've really needed someone, a partner that can help us navigate you know, all the things that come up in HR. Um and so Kellen came to me, my COO, he was in the golf business. Um, and I just needed someone to take over the operations piece. My role is primarily fundraising and generating revenue for the organization. I cannot be out in the community. I cannot be, you know, meeting people. I cannot be generating revenue if I'm sitting behind a desk worrying if programming is running or not. And so Kellen, you know, kind of came into my world, um, and it was just like, this is my person, you know, it, it wasn't intentional, but sometimes, you know, things happen like that. And you have to go with it. It's really worked because I mean, our revenue has grown tremendously in the last three years, but that's because I don't have to be here in the office. He's strategic. He's, um, I know strategic's one of them operational input, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Like, he's analytical, isn't he? He's yeah, analytical. analytical. So like for an operations role, that's perfect. And me with the woo and the ideation, he tells me your idea is crazy. And I say either, yes, you're right. Or let's figure it out. You can figure it out. Uh-huh. So um, it has been a journey, but I think, you know, just realizing like where, my, where I'm not strong, right? I don't like operations. I'm not good at it. I'm not, my brain doesn't think that way. You know, I'm more f- people facing marketing. Let's figure this out. Ideation. He's more the numbers. Let's crunch. Let's figure this out. Strategy. It's, it's so key that we have that awareness, that comfort in saying, this is what I am and what I'm not, right? Because that's something that if you are going to be successful, you have to get to the point where you can be vulnerable enough to say, I need someone to help me do this. Because it can be tempting for leaders to think they can do it all in a small organization. Y'all wear many hats. So everyone's wearing many hats. So it's you, you think, well, gosh, I should be wearing that hat. I can almost see how our strengths could work against us if you had responsibility where you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I really need to get on this. So then you pour more energy into it and get further away from being the diplomat out in in the community, raising money and representing the great values of the organization. Instead, focusing on the stuff that's draining you, but needs to be done. So kudos for partners. 
any other roles that you added that you that were new for the the organization that you thought, man, we have a hole here and we need to add to it? So we did add a marketing, a full-time marketing person. Um, obviously, there's huge value in that as we obviously develop revenue streams, um, make sure that our name is out in the community, um, you know, highlighting our program. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the things that I learned when I first started is how um, misunderstood First Tee is and what we do and what our mission is. And so I think just that constant presence socials, LinkedIn, email, stories, you know, coming up with the stories that tug at the heartstrings of people of like the kids that we are serving um, was really crucial. And, you know, we're part of a larger organization, but we're our own entity. And we're fortunate that we are as large as we are because not many, we're probably in the top 10% of the 150 chapters in the network. Um, That we have the ability to do that because I think sometimes it's hard to measure the ROI of hiring a marketing person, but the value is truly, you know, I I see it because that's my brain. That's how my brain works. Like if we can't tell a story, you know, we're not going to be able to to succeed. So adding a marketing person has really, um, you know, enhanced our socials. People are more engaged. You know, people are learning about us more, telling great stories, um, you know, helps us to, to further the mission. And I'm imagining you're, yeah. Oh, say that again. I mean, help. And then we're at multiple locations. Most people don't know that we're at eight locations, you know? So again, it's just, I get frustrated when I hear that, but then I also, I flip it and say, no, that's opportunity for us. Like we're, we got to do more. We got to get our name out there more. We've got to, you know, I got to be in public more. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, you flip it. Reframe positivity. (laughs) It's not a challenge. It's an opportunity. Let's talk a little bit about your ideation positivity combination. I mean, that is effervescent energy around ideas. Do you feel like you really get to experiment with launching new things or, 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 uh, putting new ideas out there for fundraising or marketing? I mean, do you have the team that catches them and helps them come to fruition? Yes. So we do. Um, one of the things I did create was our speaker series, our four year future speaker series that's in two years now running. And really it came from my, my, my business background. I wanted to connect our older kids with community leaders. Um, or like we had Sean Elliott, we've had Bruce Bowen, we've had an astronaut, oh. I had Lisa Micklin, you know, because I didn't have, I mean, I, I didn't have that exposure to the different types of careers and industries that are out there. And so, you know, luckily we're in a space that I- ideas can come and if they're not, if they don't work, it's okay. Like at least we tried. Right. But the speed, the speaker series has become fantastic because we had a retention problem um, at the teenage starting 14, right? Most, most organizations do, especially our national organization. They see the trend kids pick another sport. They have, they're more demanding of their school time. They're more demanding on their time in general, giving back to the community. So I had to come up with ways to, keep the kids engaged, right? Like why would they choose to stay in our program past high school? And what we found was with this speaker series, we're bringing in these people, the parents stay for the session. They ask questions. We now have a student or a participant interview the speaker to get them used to public speaking. I tell all my 16 year and olders, create a LinkedIn profile, make sure you're linking in with these people because my hope is in five, 10 years, they come back and say, we just met Dr. Lisa Campos at UTSA athletics director last week. And she inspired me so much. I now work for UTSA. So it's, you know, things like that. It's so fun to come up with 
you know, how we can help these kids navigate their journey of life. Like we're, we're at the, you know, we're at this like starting point of their adult life and how can we help maybe trigger something, which we don't know yet. Sometimes they look like they're bored, but their parents love it because the parents actually get something out of the stories that they tell. Oh, I'm certain they do. As a parent of a 15 year old, I know that a lot of times I get the boredom look and I'm, but, but seeds are being planted no matter what, right? There's still some seeds being planted in there. That's a great story. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about you, your internal leadership. And I just want to kind of cover some things like you make sure that folks take their strengths fighter pretty early on in their hiring process. Tell me a little bit. Is, do, you, do you aim to do that after they've been hired? We do it after they've been hired. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, again, I, I mentioned before the podcast, I want to have another uh, team strengths finder just because again, we've had some change in the team. Want to make sure we're still aligned, you know, people's lives change, right? Like we want to make sure that they still feel like they're valued here. And I'm not letting go of this professional development piece of, of the puzzle. Cause it's like, it's a very competitive world, right? You know, salaries, benefits, all of that. And so I think these, even just these little things, help realize that we truly are investing in you and we value you and we want you to stick around for as long as you can. Yes, absolutely. And I know that I've talked to some folks after their onboarding, if we didn't have a team session coming, or perhaps we had just had one and you found someone to join the team, I've had a a short conversation to help them understand their own strengths and then what their possible contribution to the team as an overall is by looking at the team grid. So that's a good tool to give. Uh, Let's talk about the way that you might recognize some folks uh, or recognition, because that's also a part of it. So Carrie, I, I sort of want to hear some strengths recognition, if you've got any. I don't mean like, oh, congratulations, you're the achiever of the month. I mean, more like, you know, how do you, do you personalize or customize recognition within First Tee? Or, uh, you know, tell me about how you celebrate wins and victories and, and milestones at First Tee. Um, we're still trying to kind of figure this out. We're a small team, but, um, you know, I was talking about MJ specifically, you know, she, she came to our organization had never played golf before. Now she has a goal this year to play golf once a month. She's actually running our girls golf program and has taken the bull by the horns and has owned it and has loved it and has, you know, they do yoga and they do planting and they, they do all things, but it's like building a community. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had her speak to our board um, at a board meeting to just awesome. showcase her work because I think it's really important we do a good job of trying to meld our board and our team, but it doesn't always work that well. But I just want them to feel empowered that the board, sometimes they don't feel the board's like really recognizing their work. And so I put them in front of the board to tell their story and what they're doing so that the board gets firsthand knowledge and then they recognize that. So um, that's, that's one way that we've kind of done some, some recognition of, of job well done. I love that. And that's the kind of recognition that I like, that I personally like. And it's reminding me of um, something that I I learned from a fantastic leader. And as a a leader myself, I try to expand other people's pie. So we're going to deep dive for just a second. Pie stands for performance, image, and exposure. And the story you just shared with MJ, she had great performance. So you helped embolden her image and you gave her exposure at the board level, which is a fantastic reinforcement forcing 
recognition where, you know, it's a reinforcing recognition of you're doing a great job. Keep going. Look at the talent we have on our team. What else can we do? I mean, this is fantastic. Pie. I love increasing people's pie performance, image and exposure. <laughs> it's things that I think about constantly. You can see my input coming out. Can't you? Care? Well, the other thing we did do last year was, you know, obviously being on socials, you know, I don't want to be the face of firsty all of the time. And so we did a media training. And so we did some role playing on a media training so that if they get interviewed, like they're fully capable and feel confident in front of a, of a camera. Cause I want, I want everyone to know our whole team, you know, not just, not just myself. Right. And so I think it's, again, giving them tools that they feel confident to go and, you know, if my marketing girl's like, hey, MJ, we need you to do a quick interview right now. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Or if they're out in public somewhere that they can talk the talk, you know, and be an ambassador right. for First Tee because they're all kind of fundraisers, right? We're, it's true. we're representing the brand. We're representing our mission. We need them to do that all the time and be confident in doing it. <sighs> I'm seeing your uh, salesperson coming out. <laughs> they're all they're all events. They're all sales. Always be closing, Carrie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, natural salesperson, woo achiever, all the good stuff. Well, tell me. I want to ask you a vulnerable question, and it's something that I was just talking about in a coaching call earlier today about when a when a strength turns into a weakness. Would you be willing to help give us a little peek? Which one of your strengths kind of gets in your way sometimes that you have to learn to go? Ah, I got to turn this down. You know, I think it's achiever, um, because it's I'm never satisfied with successes. I don't celebrate them long enough or enjoy them long enough or recognize them long enough because I'm always looking for the next thing. And I think some of that comes from, I'm a very humble person, so I don't like to boast. So I don't exactly know how to celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think that's probably part of it because it just doesn't seem like I'm ever, ever satisfied. I know that yeah. drives me a lot, but I don't think I'm ever not ever satisfied, but it's like, okay, great. We did that. Now move on to the next. And I think just trying to maybe be more intentional on, you know, cause we will, I'll do a recap of the year. And it, I think that's where my awareness is peaked. Like, wow, we did a lot. Yeah. You know, like we did a lot because there's always things to be done, especially with limited resources in a nonprofit, you know, uh, from a, from people to finances, you know, like it's always seems like you can't get ahead and you can't always do all the things you want to do. But then like looking back, it's wow, we did a lot. Our team is amazing. You know, and I do try to tell them that all the time that they are doing amazing. Like tonight we have a board retreat or a board staff get together um, for a happy hour, mm -hmm. you know, I include them cause I, I want to celebrate them as well. So I think it's achiever that probably, probably gets me. I'm sure that resonates with the majority of listeners, you know, achievers in the top five of 30 million people who have taken strengths finder. I mean, it's, it's in the top five of the database. And so there's a, there's a, ton of achievers who are feeling that same urge to as soon as you cross off the the one task, it's on to the next. That event's over, check, what's the next? And it reminds me of something that a friend, uh, Brian Johnson, used to tell me, what do you win? 
when you win the pie, pie eating contest, another pie. It's just like, it's never ending. <laughs> and so I love your idea to make a look back, a reflection of the year, make a list of all the wins, all the milestones. So you can take a moment, take a breather and say, look at all we did. Because you really do enjoy being productive. You enjoy the next challenge. That's the juice from Achiever, right? right. It's it's the next thing. Uh, but you have to sometimes go, whoa, look how far we came. We did right. awesome. Right. Really good. Yeah. I need more Achiever in my life, Carrie. <laughs> it's number 11. I think you're doing fine. I'm doing okay. I can achieve most of the time. It's like number 11. Sometimes I wish it was number in my top five so I could get more done because I feel dis- my maximizer feels dissatisfied always. When you said I'm never settled, I'm like, that's my maximizer. I'm never settled. Yeah. So um, I, I need some achiever to give me more energy. Oh, this has been fun. Anything else? That you, I'm, I'm asking my last obey your strengths question. But before we do, is there another story or anything that you wanted to share about your your uh, love of Strengths Finder or what it's meant to you? Um, I just think it helps me as a leader. I think you kind of touched on this briefly. Be vulnerable in front of my team, right? I mean, I have not held back in those sessions that we've had with you, um, and it, it almost causes me to not hold back in other any of our other meetings. I admit when I'm wrong. I admit you know, they feel confident telling me that is a terrible idea, you know, and this is why. Um, I, I think it just, it, it adds to being a good leader and being a strong leader is that they also see that, you know, you're not perfect. You make mistakes, you, you know, have crazy ideas and we can tell, you no. that they feel confident in coming and talking to me about that. So I think it all just kind of is a web in this culture that I'm trying to build that, makes me a better leader because I'm learning to listen to them, right? Instead right. of like, my responsibility saying, no, this is the way we're doing it. And there's certain situations where that is the case. Um, but for the most part, I think it just really helps me be a better leader to my team and, and hopefully build a good culture. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you thought of that little topic because vulnerable uh, leaders create trusting environments. They could very well say or or have a hard time telling you that's a terrible idea. But if they're telling you it's a terrible idea, then you get to negotiate. Well, are we going to try it or not? (laughs) I think it's a good one. You should try it. Let's. How could we do it? Uh, But having that dialogue and then also something that just jumped to my mind that I have seen you do is affirm them for what makes them different from you. So it's not about... That you haven't created a, a culture of everyone be like the leader. No, you've created everyone be yourself. And I see that uniqueness in you and I value that in right. you because you're not like me. You're different and I need that around me. So that conversation has happened in your team sessions. And I'm imagining that you live that culture day to day of, ah, we need different people at different times to do different things. This is all part of this diversity that we're different. leveraging different experiences to, to our team. And that's a huge benefit. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, the name of the podcast is obey your strengths because I feel very strongly that we have to be in alignment with our strengths. Most of the time, personally, professionally, we are hardwired to do things a certain way. I could never turn off my belief strength. I could never turn off my maximizer. I can turn it down, but I can't turn it off. Carrie, which of your top five, and you could 
choose any, you know, your top five of, of your most recent results or perhaps a top five you had when you initially took Strengths Finder back in 2014. But which one of your strengths do you have to obey and why? I mean, I would say the adaptability. Um, you know, I wasn't looking for this role. It came to me. And, you know, sometimes when you're charting a course, sometimes the road takes a different turn. And, you know, just asking the right questions, being adaptable, not closing the door, understanding what the situation is, you know, reevaluating, understanding that. I think, and then even just in my day-to-day as, as running this organization, you know, if I don't set my day up for success, once I get here to the office, nothing goes the way I plan it because you're getting mm-hmm. constant calls. People can come in. We're a public driving range. They want to say hello. Um, my team might need me for questions. So it's, I think, just not being frustrated that y- the things that I have to do aren't getting done in that moment because, you know, other people need me at that time. So I, f- I think that that's probably the one that I, I need to leave with because if, if you can't be adaptable, then maybe you're stuck. And, and no one wants to feel like they're stuck. And so making sure my team knows that, but then also for me personally, right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's okay to make changes. It's okay to do things differently. Um, just ask the right questions and make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. Adaptability. I love it, Carrie. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, if somebody wants to sign up their kiddo to be in first tea or they want to donate, tell us how we can get a hold of you. We actually just opened our fall programming. We have eight, nine locations throughout San Antonio and Uvalde. It opened yesterday. Um, it's at www.firsttsanantonio.org. You can also donate there too. And you Fantastic. can be a volunteer. We, there's, no, there's, there's lots of ways that we need um, help at First Tea. And you can donate your equipment. Just reach out to me, Kathy. Awesome. I love it. Okay, reach out to Carrie Kimbell at First Tee of Greater San Antonio. Carrie, thank you for being a part of my podcast, and I can't wait to see you in your next team session. I know, me either. Thanks, Kathy. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Obey Your Strengths. To learn more about Kathy or hire her for your company or private coaching, visit ObeyYourStrengths.com. You can also find her on Instagram at Kathy.Kirsten. Obey Your Strengths is produced by Kirsten Consulting, LLC, in association with Game Day Media out of San Antonio, Texas.